It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, bunch of podcasts. Love me some Ross Tucker football podcast. How about the Even Money podcast? Been outstanding. It always is. College draft podcast. The perfect time of year as we have Emery and a host of guests. Teron Davenport talking wide receivers this week was phenomenal. Last week, we talked running backs with Emery Hunt and Matt Waldman on the college draft. Today, we're talking running backs with my guy Wes Huber from FantasyPoints.com, where you should all always use the code 22FEAST. Sign up now. Joe, refresh my memory. There's discounts for people that sign up or renew now, right? 22FEAST? 22FEAST. Um, but if you want to taste, I mean, you go up to FantasyPoints.com and right there on the homepage, right there on the homepage, we have a little tile where you click on it and it's uh, Dynasty Draft Profiles from Wes Huber. It's right there uh, on, the, on the homepage, and he's been profiling running backs. We've got, um, um, we've got almost a dozen up there right now from Wes, obviously, by the time this episode airs. I mean, and he's, he dug right into the running backs. And, uh, I mean, Ross, you've been talking about it with Emery, but I, I'll, I'll pose the question to Wes right now. It's a pretty deep class at running back. Oh, man. I mean, I, I've just got a treat for you guys. You talked running backs last week, so obviously you've already gone over them all, but I absolutely love this class. And, you know, I, I actually think there are a couple of guys here that I think are going to be, uh, you know, the type of guys that are going to make a massive difference in fantasy. So I, I'm real excited to get into them here. So, number one, make sure you're checking us all out on social media. He's at Wes Huber. NFL. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. Joe is the fantasy gangster at FG underscore Dolan. We mentioned fantasypoints.com. All of our shows, by the way, always available. Full episode and the highlight clips, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. If you want to see the backwards blue hat that Wes wears every episode, or if you want to see the fantasy points hat, A little bit to the side because he thinks he's cool that Joe wears every episode with the straight brim because Joe's a millennial, unlike me, where we would have like the the folded brim, like you'd you'd pull that. It's unbelievable how much it's changed over the years, by the way. Let me ask you both this. Before we dive into Wes's thoughts on the draft prospects, how important is it to look at the veteran backs and where they're going, what they're signing for and comparing them. Like we didn't even talk last week, Joe, about Rashad Penny being back in Seattle. He had a dominant, dominant end of the season run. Right. But uh, see, you look at the running back contracts and very few of these guys are getting locked into a contract uh, at the Christian McCaffrey type levels where you're like, I would be Stunned if that team spent a top 90 pick on a running back. Uh, Wes, you, you you probably agree here. It's like 
the thing with running backs is, especially with a lot of teams going a year or two at the position uh, on the free agent market, it's really not a shock if anybody drafts one um, highly, if they value the guy. You know, Indianapolis drafted Jonathan Taylor when Marlon Mack was coming off of close to back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Like, it is not a position where, like the quarterback spot, where you're like, oh, they can't spend a top 50 pick there because they have this guy. I mean, Brees Hall, I think, honestly, I Brees Hall has gotten to a point where if you don't have him as RB1 in this class, I really question what the hell you're thinking. Um, and it, But the thing about him is like, yeah, we have our ideal landing spots, but really, he could probably go just about anywhere with the exception of, like, maybe two or three teams. That's the yeah. thing about running backs. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Um, you know, I, I don't like to look at the Rashad Penny contract and use that as our baseline. You know, coming off all the injuries, he had a string of injuries, finally got healthy. He was great. I loved I loved what he did at the end of the year, but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of background to that a lot of a long injury history there. I, I think another I think the one that we should be looking to is a guy like Leonard Fournette. So he's already he's already worked through his second contract. I mean he's working on on another contract here, three year deal, good money. Uh, so I think that's more of more of a, a better baseline. But but then again, I mean we, you also have to look at the need out there. Like what teams are really that desperate for a running back right now, and then what 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 type of running back do they need to fit their scheme? So, you know, perhaps the teams that actually had the need didn't feel like Rashad Penny was the right kind of guy. So, Wes, let's dive into your rankings. And again, it's been a few weeks now. So if you can talk about your methodology between, um, you know, melding, if you will, the numbers and the film, and if there's a, a clear number one guy for you, Joe, before you're even allowed to say your rankings, Joe basically, like you t- you said a month ago is your boss, just said you're a moron if Brees Hall isn't your number one guy. So talk about peer pressure here. When someone's boss says, if you don't have a guy number one, you're a moron, and now he has to say who his number one guy is. I am praying to the gods it's not Brees Hall, just so I can see Joe Dolan's facial reaction right now. Go ahead, Wes. So that's why it's so great working for Joe because he know he he's he edited my articles. He knows exactly who I have as my RB one. So he's not going to set me up for failure like that. So yeah, definitely Brees Hall is the guy here. Um, he he does it all. I mean, uh, looking at what he did, um, the only running backs that tested at a seventy fifth percentile or higher in the forty vertical jump, <clears throat> excuse me, and broad jump over the last ten seasons are Jarek McKinnon and Elijah Mitchell. So we're talking about two studs, of course, Elijah Mitchell. Um, it, it, it was during the 21 season when they, there was no combine, but you know, the, the numbers are still there. But um, um, real quick to jump back into the methodology like you asked originally. Um, yeah, so I, I collect the data. Uh, I like to, before I get into the film, I like to go into it uh, knowing where a player excels, uh, knowing where he struggles or didn't see a lot of time and, you know, what what type of uh, run concepts, what type of um, what type of disciplines that they were using, RPOs, read option. I want to know what kind of player he is for when I watch the film so that I know um, if, if I'm seeing something different, then I know that I need to dig deeper. 
And so for running back specifically, that's how I go into it. And I also like to look back all the way to high school. I like to look at the numbers that they put up in high school. I like to look at the the combines that they did uh, before they before they went to college. Not, I mean, it's a tool. It's not it's not telling us, oh, this guy's this kind of athlete. Obviously, they're they're young they're young guys. They they they're not even adults yet when they when they test there. <clears throat> but I, I still like to use it as a tool to see. Okay, so he put that up back then, and now he's putting this up at this combine. So I mean, it, it and, and so that I know the type of development, the type of work that the player puts into it. So, but with Brees Hall going back to him, um, um, this guy. I mean, he he averaged uh, 250 touches per, per season going back to to his first year. Um, first uh, starting role in high school. And, you know, is, is, is that something that we should be concerned about? I dug deeper into that. And the running backs with the top 10 most carries in NFL history, they, they, they compiled 133 seasons and, and nearly 35,000 attempts which was a combined average of about 259 rushing attempts per season, about 12% more than Hall's averaged over the, over his last five seasons. So I, I, I think more important, more important than anything else, it's an injury history when it comes to running back. And uh, when you have those knee injuries, those, those can be devastating to the longevity of a running back's career. Um, and so with Brees Hall, never been injured. He's putting up some insane athleticism numbers at the, at the combine. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, I, I gotta say, I just love everything this guy does. Um, you know, and, and I don't think you're going to find a, a shortage of, of people out there saying it, but I mean, just put up just ridiculous numbers, numbers that we just drooled about, uh, for fantasy, but you know, he does have a couple of things I'd like to see him work on as far as I do like when he, when he ran under control a little bit more, it's something he does quite often, but, but sometimes he can run out of his shoes trying to wiggle and dance around too much. Uh, I, so I, I would like him to get out of that, but, um, you, you know, and then he's, he's a taller back. So he runs a little high, but you know, as long as he gets those pads down, that's okay. And, and then, you know, um, it's, it's, it's something that, that it's, it's obviously a problem for a lot of running backs, but you see him when defenders get into the backfield early, you know, he doesn't have that, that instant jump out of the backfield to get away from him. But, you know, I say that and, and I'm sure that's easier said than done, but he's very, he's very decisive when he, when he's attacking his lanes. I love that. He's, 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 really fit for more of an, an outside zone scheme. Um, and he also did really well with pulling linemen um, and, and then, excuse me, uh, inside zone scheme. But he also has a lot of outside uh, zone experience. The one thing, though, is he, he's, he's more of um, um, a very uh, uh, standard and, um, you know, the old school uh, power back. So he hasn't had a whole lot of read option in RPO that when he went to Iowa, he played his first year and they were using a lot of le- 11 personnel. And then they kind of, they kind of changed the entire offense to fit him. So, um, you know, that's something he'll need to work on, but I see a lot of Jonathan Taylor in his game and based off of his athleticism, I mean, that's the closest comp that I can come up with. Joe, we don't expect any of these guys to be first round picks, right? I mean, where do you think Brees Hall ends up somewhere in the second I probably um, I think that's usually the thought, Um, but we've seen in the past, uh, the recent past, some of these teams at the end of the first round, essentially making what what you would call luxury picks, Um, you know, Kansas City with Edwards Allaire uh, last year, uh, two years ago, rather Um, uh, Pittsburgh with Najee Harris and then Jacksonville with Travis Etienne. And obviously we didn't see Etienne, but Pittsburgh essentially made Najee Harris their foundation back. I mean, everybody everybody loves to yell about teams that take running backs in the first round, but it's always worth pointing out that 
there's 32 first round picks, but no, I, I, probably no team is going to have 32 players graded as a first round pick. And like, there might be teams that have 17 guys graded as first round picks. There might be teams that have 21 guys graded as first round picks on their personal board. So maybe some of these teams that are picking 29, 30, 31, 32, they just don't view their uh, a first round value there or at maybe a position of need. So they'll, they'll take a guy who they're like, all right, you know, we have to make this pick. Um, we love the player. We love Brees Hall. I wouldn't be stunned, Wes, if I saw Brees Hall sneak into the back end of the first round. But I think it's probably – he's probably going to be one of those guys who we're talking about in the, the lull between day one and day two of the drafts. He's going to hear his name called very soon. What's the spot for him? I think that's probably the most likely outcome. Yeah, top of the second round. That's where he's going to go. And and you can really look at those first picks of the second round. I mean, they're they're essentially an extension of the first round. The guys that <clears throat> that are obviously have the talent to go in the first, but that teams are trying to hold out at a certain position because you know the running backs. I mean, excuse me, the wide receivers, quarterbacks, especially even in a weak class, we're going to see a lot of quarter, several quarterbacks drafted in the first round, and and then cornerback. I mean, these are an edge defender. These are all positions of just absolute need in the NFL, and and they're gonna they're gonna go before running back. But we'll see Brees Hall go very early in round two, and and you know I I would be a little surprised if he went in the first just because of how much need there is at those other positions. Do you have a number two back, Wes? Yeah, and it's it's pretty it's pretty settled. Kenneth Walker the third, absolutely just a dynamic lightning player. Uh, this guy was was just unbelievable last year for Michigan State, coming over from Wake, where they basically used him in a rotation. Um, you know, he's got some sudden change of direction. Uh, I mean, he does it all. Wildcat quarterback, uh, you know, um, but, you know, he's he's got this this one cut type of of running style and and he combines it with the quickness, the speed, the acceleration. Uh, We didn't see him catch a lot of passes uh, for the Spartans, but, uh, you know, we only caught 17 and and during actually during his entire collegiate career. Go back to high school, though, and we see he caught 64 passes. 64 balls and 16 touchdowns in high school. He was, he was carrying the ball 25% more than he was tasked with running routes in college. Um, so in no way should we write him off, write off his ability as a receiver. I think he's going to, he's going to, he's going to develop there very well. Um, and you know, and he, he just happened to play for a, a team that, that just fell in love with his running ability. And that's where they put all of, uh, all of their attention, all, all of the, they wanted to get as many touches out of him as possible. Um, you know, I, I think he's a he's a guy that that is going to just be a, a, a breakout guy that's going to just I think he's going to instantly take to the NFL game. Um, he's got a, 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 an additional burst element uh, to everyone else in this class other than Brees Hall. Brees Hall's got that as well. If you if you let Brees Hall break outside contain, just like Kenneth Walker, uh, he's gone. There's there's no stopping him. He's going to he's going to run away from your your safeties. They're not catching him. So um, these guys are just the big playmakers. Um, and, and then like Hall, Kenneth Walker, he makes that first defender miss. Um, and, he, and he uses momentum, though, and, rather than uh, Hall. He likes to use he likes to uh, initiate some contact, whereas um, Kenneth Walker, he likes to use a lot of momentum. And uh, they both tap into elite speed. I mean, they, they're separated from everyone else at the top of the class here. Interesting. So you believe there's a big, big drop off between Walker and Hall and the, and the rest of these guys? 
I think there's a big drop off as far as rushing ability or, or, or I should say um, uh, as being a dynamic uh, runner. But I think that uh, after the first two, I think we start tapping into more multidimensional type players that are just as dangerous, but in a different way. But I do think there's going to be a gap that that's going to separate where these guys get drafted. I think, I think Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker are our second round guys. And then we're going to, we're going to have a little bit of time until we see the next grouping. Interesting. You know, what else is interesting. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code Ross bet $5 on any college hoops team to win this week in the final four and get $200 in free bets. If they do. So pick one of the teams to win Saturday. If they win, you win with promo code Ross this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older restrictions apply, of course. All right. So, Wes, you said there's a drop-off. I still want to know, though, who's your next guy? Who's number three? Yeah, number three is it's pretty tight here, but the guy I settled on was Rashad White out of Arizona State. So I met him at the combine, had a little talk with him, and you know just just explained that that you know I I watched all of his stuff and a big fan. I was I was rooting for him, but you know the responses that he gave me, very intelligent guy, a guy that that he 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 carries himself very well, and you know and um, so when I, when I was watching his tape, so I mean he carried the Arizona State offense on his shoulders last season. And, you know, they had another guy there, Chip Tranium, who was, uh, he's coming in. I mean, this guy, one of the highest uh, uh, rated four-star guys that, that uh, Arizona state had ever recruited. And he basically just, he was a, he was a backup. Rashad White turned him into a backup. So Rashad White, he, he avoids running high, even though he's a, he's a taller back, but uh, I think he anticipates contact very well. He uses his vision over the wiggle, um, and, and then and that kind of renders his jump cuts a lot more um, uh, unexpected, and and so it, it, it frees him up. He, he he likes to set up defenders by you know looking one way and then attacking, uh, and very similar to most jump cut uh, guys. But you know it just just doesn't dance around a lot. So, but I thought his confidence grew as games gone went on. Um, he had a, a really good ex- a success rate in twenty one uh, against deep safeties when he was put on an island. He would he would. Uh, shred right past them. He has an explosive vertical, explosive broad jump. So he's a guy that's that, that's got that ability to get through the trenches, even though he doesn't have the speed of Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall. Um, and then we get into what he does like no other in the class, and that's catch the football. This guy has got some serious receiving ability the upside uh, fantasy upside is through the roof i i absolutely love rashad white when you flip it over and you start paying attention to what he does as a receiver you know he may not be the most impressive running back on the ground but man his receiving ability really sets him apart from most in the class uh he actually i thought he was he showed a little more wiggle as a receiver looked a lot more comfortable i seriously think that he could play slot if he wanted to 
Even He would be a massive slot, but he could. That's how good of a receiver he is. Sharp route running. You put a linebacker across from him, and he's going to get left in the dust. This guy is a baller. And But, you know, like I say, there's going to be a little drop. He's going to go somewhere around the third round. But, uh, you know, he made quite the impression at the Senior Bowl, and uh, he's not a sleeper. Everyone's on him. The Sharps, they're out there. They know who he is, and they're going to pick him up. So uh, just keep that in mind if you're going up against them in, in, in any leagues. Feels like that's what people want, Joe. Feels like people want the guy that can really be a receiver and isn't just a guy that runs it. You know, we know Walker didn't catch that yeah. many passes. I mean, everybody kind of wants this guy they can split out and that it's a matchup nightmare for linebackers. Yeah, and, and like, but here's the the issue, and, and this is what really comes in uh, to the evaluations, and it's kind of hard, I think, to see this um, on on college tape often is teams not trusting guys in pass protection. You know, I remember last year, um, I'm not, I, I don't 100% recall what West thought of Kenneth Gainwell, but Greg Cosell thought he was one of the best receiving backs in the country. The problem was he struggled in pass protection on third downs and when he had to stand. And as a matter of fact, he missed a block that got Jalen Hurts hurt at the end of the year when he suffered an ankle sprain. So sometimes... You have to look through that as well. I have a couple of questions for Wes, but let's start there. Wes, um, how often do you see pass pro on film from these guys? Um, and how projectable is that to the NFL? It's not. Uh, even if a guy loses all of the pass protection snaps, maybe he loses a couple of, of, of targets. But, you know, if he's if he's that dynamic of a receiver, they're going to get him on the field and he's going to get his his targets. I mean, we, there's so many examples. Jonathan Taylor is one of the worst blocking uh, pass pro backs and, and blitz pickup guys at running back in the league. You've got Dalvin Cook. You've got Alvin Kamara. You, I mean, the list goes on of, of top guys that it's just not an issue. It's not something that, that we really need to avoid evaluate in fantasy um you know obviously that's going to go into a guy's uh into a guy's profile as in in an nfl evaluation for a team but it's not an issue in fantasy so um you know going back to kenneth gainwell you know what was so hard about him is we only had that one season to to evaluate him and and he didn't give up i I don't think he gave up a sound i don't think he let his quarterback uh, be touched on any of any of his pass pro snaps but you know he's playing in the aac who I, no knock on them, but they don't have the 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 consistent level of talent across an entire roster. So you might run into a team here or there with a with a really dangerous um, uh, edge rusher, but you're not going to run into it like every game. So obviously the guys that are in the the Power Five conferences, that's why that's why it's easier to evaluate them because we have them going up against top talent uh, game in and game out. Other than you know uh, every now and then they'll they'll bring a, a cupcake. To, cupcake to town but um yeah i don't think it's an issue that we need to worry about in fantasy uh, at least uh in particular so here's a question wes i felt like a year ago people were saying yeah there might not be any stud running backs this year maybe Najee harris or whatever but next year isaiah mm-hmm. spiller from tex a&m next year I feel like everybody was saying last year that that Isaiah Spill would be a first round pick this year. What happened? No, you know, and I and I misspoke. I completely forgot about him because I haven't evaluated him yet. Um, so, and that's and that's by design. Yeah, he had a strained abductor muscle during the combine, and uh, it, 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 at least according to his agent, it affected his numbers. And um, so, so we're waiting for his. 
uh, his pro day results on the 28th. I actually have him as the RB3, and I think that he could go in the second round. I think he's that good. Um, if you'll go back to the Alabama game, uh, you know, and everything I've watched on Isaiah Spiller um, has been from what I watched, you know, just for my own personal enjoyment last year. And and he was just a, a just a, an explosive back. Um, he, he was he was directly responsible for that victory over Alabama. They have another guy there, Devin Ashane, who, in in my opinion, is one of the top five running backs in the country. Um, uh, that you know obviously won't be in this draft, but they're they're still in good hands. And then they've even got another guy behind him, big big guy that count, that's going to come in and, and replace uh, Spiller. But I, I love Spiller. I think I think he can do it all. I'm just I'm just I want to I want to have those numbers from his pro day before I really get into it because I don't want to go into it looking at it like okay, so we ran this at the combine. Now I want to see this on tape and and then they don't mix. I, I want to see if there, there's actually some some substance to that to that. Injury and because I think I think what he did at Texas A and M was important. I think he's going to be an important addition to the NFL. Uh, uh, Wes, by the way, um, why, we're recording this. By the way, you're listening to this after we record it, obviously. But mm-hmm. uh, you're listening to this, folks, uh, a week after we recorded this. We're recording this on March 22nd. We are literally recording it during Isaiah Spiller's pro day. Wes, I'm going to throw it out there right to you right now. Roster Watch at Roster Watch on Twitter is there. Okay. Two 40 yard dashes, four, five, nine, four, five, three for Isaiah Spiller. For a guy who's pushing 220, I feel like that'll play. Yeah, that that sounds a lot more like it. That's that's exactly what I want to hear because um, you know I also want to hear his his uh, his broad jump, his vertical jump. Those are those are two of the others that I'm I'm. And then if we get a three cone or a, or a pro shuttle, I'd love to see those just so I can look at the uh, I can look at the 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 comparisons to the other players that you know previously posted numbers. But yeah, that that's that's impressive. I love it. Because he's a bigger back, and he's if he's running in the four fives, I mean that's you know we're talking the, the Nick Chubb runs in the four fives, that that type of player that at, at that type of size around two twenty four five is where we want to see you him. Know, so that's 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 great to hear. Kareem Hunt was near a four seven, wasn't he? So like I feel like the forty yard dash is very overrated for running backs. Now it is. I, I mean it, a, a faster one's better. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, yeah. That's exactly right. So I, I, if a guy runs a, a slow 40, you know, he, it, something may have happened. He may have tweaked something but didn't say anything. I, I also like looking at the 20 times, the 10 times. The, the splits are great. And, and it's more of a comparison. And, and you know, if a guy's bigger, if a guy's like, uh, say, uh, 185 pounds and he's running a 4.7, I mean, we have major problems. You know, but for a bigger back, that's not a huge deal. I, I believe James Robinson ran something like a four six four. Uh, it's not a problem. You know, these are bigger backs. They're they're able to they're able to to break tackles and, and create their own offense. So, um, you know that that's not a major problem. I I, I seriously um, didn't want to give the impression that I I think forty is going to determine if they're going to be a great player. But I I will tell you when I my my eyebrows do perk up on a forty for a running back is when they run in the four threes. Because that right there is going to tell you he breaks contain, he's gone. There's nobody stopping him. So, uh, and, 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 you know, we, we talk about, we can talk about that all day, just going through the NFL, looking at guys like Jonathan Taylor, looking Brees Hall here and Kenneth Walker. I mean, wow. And there's a couple other guys lower down that I haven't evaluated yet that, that ran some uh, Devontae Price out of Florida International. So, so I, I'm interested to see what he can do. Any other guys? You got time for one more guy? Uh, I know Emery Hunt on the College Draft podcast last week. His number one guy 
was Deshaun Corbin from Florida State. People like Kyron Williams, Notre Dame. Tyler Algier from BYU. There's a couple of Georgia kids. Zamir White, James Cook. You got maybe Brian Robinson from Bama. I'm letting you talk about one more guy, Wes. You got to sell me on one more guy you like. All right, so I'm not big on Zamir White. He's a guy who puts his head down, runs. So he's, he's got a good cut, but he lowers his head, puts his face mask to the ground, and runs forward. I don't think that's the type of running running style that should be applauded in the NFL. I do not like him as a prospect. He's low. He's way down on my ranks. Tyler Beatty, too small. Hassan Haskins, I really like him. I moved. I bumped him down, though, yesterday after I looked at Kennedy Brooks' tape. Kennedy Brooks is going to be a player in the NFL. Watch out. Another guy I really like, Kevin Harris. But the guy I'm going to sell you on here is James Cook. Um, this kid can ball. He's, I think he's a better receiver than his brother. He, uh, he, was a, he also he, he ran track. He did all kinds of track and field stuff. He's got great speed for his size, uh, his burst, his acceleration. It's right up there with anybody else in this class. Excellent jump cut. Um, his receiving is just uh, is just phenomenal. I love this kid. He's gonna go right there with Rashad White, maybe Isaiah Spiller, but I think Spiller's. Uh, I think he's closer to the top two. But James James Cook here, man. Uh, he's uh, he caught sixty seven passes at Georgia without a drop. I mean, and and he made a, he's like Rashad White making linebackers look ridiculous in coverage. He knows how to get open. Um, he keeps the the his attention focused on the ball. Ball, something that that Kennedy Brooks doesn't do, uh, you know. And and I'm so, sold, Wes. Yeah. I'm sold. I'm sold on James Cook. I'm sold on at Wes Huber NFL at FG underscore Dolan and FantasyPoints.com using the code twenty two Feast. We're stuffed. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, one 800 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.